0: I'd like to welcome you to another episode of True Admissions. I'm your host, Kent Barnes, and I am very excited today to uh, welcome two guests. Amy Thompson, uh, who works at York Community High School and is the current president of IACAC, the Illinois Association for College Admissions Counseling, and Megan O'Rourke, who is president-elect for IACAC, who works at Providence College in Providence, Rhode Island. Amy, Megan, welcome. Thanks.
1: Good morning. Hi, Kent. How are you?
0: (laughs) I'm doing, you know, I'm especially excited to have you because this is going to be a little bit of an inside baseball um, uh, talk because we're going to talk about our our profession and we're going to talk about professional development. And um, it'll be an interesting conversation, I think, especially for those people who are involved in Uh, the admissions profession on both sides of the desk. And as we think about the development of of new professionals, because IACAC plays such an important role in professional development, I'd like to start with both of you by asking you to introduce yourselves to the listeners of True Admissions. And uh, Amy, I'd like you to tell us a little bit about your role in your real job. And then also, what does the president of IACAC do?
1: Sure, that's great. yeah, my regular job is uh, I'm a high school counselor, but I specifically am focused on college and career. So I kind of take the lead at my school on all of the sort of larger programming for parents, um, as well as the students as they start getting closer to the end of high school. So I really start doing a lot of programming um, in the junior and senior year in large groups and small groups and individual meetings. Um, <clears throat> so it keeps me very busy. We're a large high school. Um and then in IACAC, as the president, you you know you run the executive board meetings. You you know help keep the board on track. Uh, you appoint people to positions and you know decide who's going to do what. Um, <clears throat> this year has been most unusual, especially in the past few months, um, having to do a, a little extra troubleshooting. Um, <clears throat> a lot of extra troubleshooting. So um, yes, yeah, it's, it's, you know, kind of the direction of the organization, making sure we're staying on top of everything. We sit on the finance committee, we make finance decisions, we work with the treasurers for the budget, you know, some of that tedious kind of stuff.
0: Sounds like a big, big job, a- and a, a job that will ultimately um, fall to Megan O'Rourke, our, our, our next guest. So Megan, tell, tell our guests and audience members a little bit about your role.
2: Yeah, so I work at Providence College. Um, I'm actually regionally based, though, so I'm not in Providence, Rhode Island. Currently, I'm in the Chicagoland area. Providence hired a regional this past summer um, me to start as a person to kind of recruit the Midwest. And, and we really want to build our pop our national population of students that attend PC. So that is my role is to focus on the Midwest for them. But I've been a regional in Chicago for about oh my gosh. Uh, ten or eleven years, so it's been a while. Have been living here um, and working in this community for a long time. My role with ICC as president elect, I work with Amy and then with our past president, who they are, have been so awesome in this in this year of kind of like learning and figuring out the role. But the big thing that the president elect does is actually plan the annual state conference. So IACAC hosts an annual conference every year in April. This year it was going to be in suburban Chicago. And um, that's a bulk of what you're doing, in addition to kind of some of the things that Amy mentioned, but the bulk of the role is planning the conference.
0: So that's a big job. I mean it's like planning yeah. it's like planning a prom, right? I mean it's yeah, a huge. Exactly. Job. Exactly. Uh-huh. Okay. Well we'll circle back to, to that in just a moment. But but before I get into my set of questions about IACAC. And professional development. Um, could the two of you tell me how you spend your your days during this disrupted time of COVID nineteen? So, a- Amy, how do you spend your days? I mean, you're not surrounded by students, uh, uh, meeting with them on a one to one basis. I'm guessing you don't have a lot of uh, group uh, events in an auditorium. So, so how are you going about doing your job um, right now?
1: Yeah, it's um, it's been interesting. I mean, <clears throat> when we first called school so we went out uh was the march 13th was our last day of school so they had already decided we weren't coming back um before the governor even had his shelter in place order so that those that week they called emergency days we didn't work a whole lot that week i mean i still had a lot of iacac stuff i was doing Um, and i definitely still had some work related things and the following week was supposed to be spring break which was not really a spring break but that's another story Uh, and then we would switch to e-learning and so in those couple of weeks leading up learning in that first week of e-learning, I was really trying to set up systems so I could communicate with students. Um, obviously, a lot of email. A lot of email. Um, and then we use Google. We're a Google Chrome, uh, Chrome, Chromebook school. So we're a one-on-one device school. Um, so we, I've been having a lot of one-on-one meetings with students through Google Meets, um, as well as attending department meetings and things like that. Um, I actually have a parent program I set up tonight. It's going to be a webinar uh, through Google Meets um, <clears throat> to help senior parents who are possibly rethinking you know, what what's going to happen. This is a very last minute addition to our programming. Um, I decided on Friday when it looked like the governor was going to announce shelter in place. And with May 1st happening on Friday, <clears throat> I just felt like There'll be a lot of questions for parents, um, so I've got a little program set up for tonight, and I also, <coughs> excuse me, I also am um, presenting to juniors through English classes this week on essay writing. Wow! So I'm
0: yeah, yeah. I would say you're you're yeah. you're keeping busy. It doesn't sound like it's a lot of a different uh, pace <laughs> or schedule than it is ordinarily. Amazing. How about you, Megan? Tell me about your uh, what's your, what's your daily uh, life like right now.
2: So in a lot of ways, the the role that I play in our office and just kind of a regionals role in general, we were best suited to kind of make this transition after all of this COVID-19 stuff happened because regionals work from home all the time. Um, so I've got a great office set up in my apartment. And I think the the biggest difference between kind of then and now is that obviously all of my time is spent at home in normal life we would be going to you know people like me would be going to visit high schools and um, attending college fairs but right now it's a lot of working with students virtually so we are in kind of that weird transition phase where seniors are still deciding but juniors are really kind of chomping at the bit to get more college information more college search information just trying to start that process get that ball rolling and so In a day-to-day, it's working with seniors to help them figure out maybe a financial aid package or answering some questions about a major or a program. But then the flip side of that is working with juniors and doing a virtual information session for junior students and their families as they start wanting to learn more about PC. We've offered some senior-specific programming too the past few weeks, this week included, as, as we just try to help everybody the best that we can from far away to kind of help them understand more about PC and get them the information that they need. So maybe they're a little bit less anxious about the process.
0: Awesome. Thanks. You know, one of the reasons why I love you two as professionals is um, you remind me uh, and you remind the, the listeners of True Admissions. We're going to talk about professional development, but but both of you have focused your comments and your work on students. And, and I, I don't think we can ever overlook how important uh, students are in all of this, and that the reason that we do what we do is because we're trying to help students successfully navigate the college search and selection process. So, so thanks for that, that great reminder right at the very beginning. All right, last week, um, hundreds of, of people would have descended upon Itasca, Illinois, for... Um, the IACAC Conference, uh, which is a gathering of school counseling professionals and admissions officers and is the highlight uh, in many ways of some of the professional development opportunities for the folks who live in the state of, of Illinois and are focused on our work. But it's not the only thing that happens during the spring and summer. Uh, it's not the only thing that IACAC uh, sponsors uh, and uh, holds uh, as it relates to professional development. So before we talk about the IACAC conference and how COVID-19 has maybe changed those plans, um, maybe, Amy, I'll start with you. What are some of the events um, and activities that IACAC is typically sponsoring during this time of year?
1: Sure. Yeah. um So in March, we have um, all of our district seminar sessions are around the state, um, and some of those did happen and some of those did not. Um, We have, obviously, the conference Sharing the Dream scheduled usually toward middle or end of May is typical. Um, Also, Motivate Me, which is a program, uh, so Sharing the Dream is a program um, to help school counselors and admission professionals learn about how to support undocumented students, Um, And then Motivate Me, which is an outreach program near the city of Chicago for students uh, to help prepare them for thinking about college and life after high school. Um, We have a camp college program that's supposed to take place in June. Um, We bring students to campus, uh, to different campuses each year, and they see a few different campuses during their time at the camp. It's several days long. Um, We have a Middle Management Institute, which is for middle management admission professionals. Uh, we have the plane of fun or the bus of fun or the micro bus of fun or bike tours. So all different kinds of college tour programs um, in the summer. Um, and then Summer Institute, which is our intensive several day long program for people who are newer to the admission profession to kind of help them um, anticipate what to expect um, some of the people who come end up coming because they got hired mid-year, so they've already have some experience, but most people are within their first year of service. So those are some of the things that would be happening during just these months that we're kind of affected right now.
0: Wow. L- long list and, and a great list and a great uh, insight for our listeners into to what an association like AACAC does to, to help people with professional development. Um, many of those things I have to imagine um, have have changed. I mean, the, the plans have changed. Uh, Megan, you, you want to talk a little bit about how, how some of the plans have changed for some of these events? I'm I, You mentioned that some things were able to go forward. I'm sure you're imagining other configurations. And then I'm expecting probably some things just aren't able to go forward.
2: Yes. So a lot of the time of um, like mid to, mid to late March through the end of April. I mean, we're still having conversations about it. Most of the programming that Amy mentioned um, has been canceled. So the district seminars, we ha- there's a group of them. So it's, it's a similar program held um, from school to school, but like the topics It's like a one-day professional development seminar. And so the topics change from place to place, but we always have such great resources with the schools who decide to host these programs, and a good chunk of them had to get canceled. And then pretty much most of the summer programming that we've offered, save for a couple of the things at the end of the summer, have been canceled, which is obviously really disappointing. I think for us, what we're trying to figure out now is okay, we've we've canceled these things and the ways in which we interact and engage with our members will have to change. There's so much coming at us from the news about when all of this kind of goes away or what the new normal looks like and and how how these things will be different moving forward. So I think what Pat and Amy and I are trying to figure out is how can we provide the same level of professional development if we're not in person and, and what does that look like knowing that a lot of these programs, one of the best parts of the program is, is the networking piece and being able to connect with other professionals and learn and grow from them and with them during the, the amount of time that they're with these specific groups kind of focused on these specific topics.
0: So, so let's play on that. Tell me a little bit about about some of the the types of conversations you and Amy and, and Patrick and others are having. I mean, what what are some of the new and different? things that you're at least exploring uh, as you try to serve uh, membership? And, and we'll start with you, Megan, and then Amy, you can can supplement or, or add on to anything that Megan says. What, what are some of the new and different special things you're trying to do? Well, I think
2: the other thing that complicates this, and I, I think Amy would agree with me on this, is that we are also in a transition period ourselves. So the president role within IECC essentially runs from Um, June 1st to May 30th. So you're starting your role kind of in the beginning of the summer, and then you wrap up at the end of May, you know, over the course of a year. So Amy is about a month away from completing her president role. And I'm, you know, about the same time frame away of starting my president year. And I think we're trying to be sensitive to that in that, I can't really start anything yet, but she's she also wants to be sensitive that, that I get a president year, which is amazing and wonderful. So I think what we're trying to do right now and something that we started is gathering interest from um, our executive board to pull together a group surrounding ID I, I, the idea of professional development. So putting together a group that's really probably only going to exist for a year to kind of look at all of the opportunities that we provide our membership and, and figure out like, are there more things that we could be doing? How can we supplement what we're doing? You know, these things were canceled. Is there a way to kind of transition these things to a webinar series or some sort of professional development through, you know, Google or zoom or whatever it's going to be and how to best do that. I think this group is kind of, um, in the process of being put together with the plan to kind of have them ready to go in early May. And then what we want to do is really hear from the membership. I I think one of the things that's been so interesting in these roles is just to hear kind of the varying levels of like, I'm really stressed about my job. I'm, I'm dealing with kids at home. We're dealing with different schedules. I'm working from home. My, my partner's working from home all the way through. How can we offer sessions that were that were in conference that that you know, because conference was canceled, we really want to be able to do this thing. We're getting everything in between those two sentiments. And how do you best kind of help propel our organization forward, but then in turn provide the support that, that the membership needs and the connections that the membership needs? Because I think that's the other thing we're hearing is that lots of people still want to engage and connect with other IC members. AC members. So how do we do that given the constraints of of being able to do so virtually? So that's really kind of the conversations that we're having and we've implemented. The name of it is like an ad hoc committee, um, so an ad hoc professional development committee, so that we have a group of people specifically working on this with the intent of trying to be proactive versus just saying, okay, this stuff is canceled and, and that's it. So Amy, I don't know if you have more to to add to that you probably do hopefully (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean
1: I, I think what you said there at the very end really captures what we're trying to get at is not just being reactive but being proactive it's and that's that is actually one of the underpinnings of school counseling too which is sort of great because it's a perfect fit for like the way I think anyway um, but for sure this spring has felt a lot more like, you know, we're being reactive. But there there have been some things that have happened over the past year. Um, you know, our, our HSCPD, so it's high school counselor professional development committee, um, started up a couple of years ago and now it's a formal, it was an ad hoc committee, now it's a standing committee. And they offer right now three specific professional development events a year. One of them got canceled. Um, And what it is is counselors can be on a college campus for a formal program in person and see the campus with a tour, or people can join virtually just to get the professional development part of it. Um, And that has been going for a couple of years now and, and obviously will continue um, and it's been well attended, so well attended that, in fact, we had to increase our webinar license with Zoom so that we could accommodate more people. We only had um, our license was for 100 attendees and we were we were getting really close to having to cut off um, registration, allowing people to attend because we were going to hit that 100 cap. So we increased that, which was also a good thing because we ended up doing our virtual membership meeting <laughs> and we needed a lot more than 100 people. So um So that's one of the ways we've already started, but I, and I also think it's, it's been sort of, you know, great timing because I know as a school counselor, I'm feeling this, I know a lot of other high school counselors are feeling, for some reason there's been a, a, seems like there's been a bit of a shift in um, administrators allowing us to leave the building for PD that involves visiting college campuses or attending college programs. There's been a lot more pushback on that for some reason. I don't really understand why. Um, I mean, I, whatever, I won't get into that. We could debate that for the whole podcast if we want to. Um, <clears throat> but this, so that's already been at the forefront of our thinking. And that's why Megan and I both have been talking about this, but Megan really wants to re-examine a PD. And obviously this situation has just, you know, made it even more clear. And one more thing I want to mention, um, every year we have Articulation Unplugged, so we have this, the meetings around the state of Illinois where all of the public universities speak and give updates on their school. It's like a morning program, um, and every state university pretty much, pretty much hosts it each year. But the one that was at ISU, because it's kind of the center of the state, um, has hosted this special mini college fair afterwards, and any college can participate in that college fair. Um, and we've seen kind of hasn't been as productive, I guess, is probably the best way to say it as we would like. And so we decided to reevaluate that this year um, and we are going to get rid of the traditional mini college fair. And we were planning to pilot at the conference um, a drawing for a group of schools to be the first to do kind of a virtual college info articulation with that group of colleges that um, school counselors could you know attend live and it would be recorded and saved on the member side of our website. Um, and so we still plan to go forward with that. We just aren't having the fun, cute, interesting, game-like unveiling
0: uh, that we had hoped to do at the conference. So so, so I'm, I'm hearing a couple of silver linings. I mean, there you already had some infrastructure in place with the school counselor professional development day that, that you can build upon. And already had some kernels of, of ideas about some other things, but but the thing that I'm hearing most uh, as an overarching theme is that IACAC and the leadership of IACAC isn't just going to cancel programs; it's going to think about how to continue professional development going forward. Which is, I think, exactly what everybody wants wants to hear. So I want to get personal with both of you for just a moment, um, and I want to ask you um, to, to reflect a little bit on on what you you to be most challenging as a leader of IACAC right now? And Amy, let's start with you.
1: Wow. Um, there's just a lot, you know, there's a lot, a lot that I have to get involved with that I wouldn't have necessarily had to get involved in at the same level. Like, I mean, literally checking in with every single committee and having Zoom meetings to discuss, you know, we have a protocol of what are the parameters around whether or not we decide to cancel. And if we do cancel, what are some of the implications of that and do we try to offer something virtually? So it's been, you know, it's definitely been a lot. I mean, obviously I've never been president of IACAC before, so I don't have last year to compare, but I, knowing that all those things had to happen, it was a much more involved process to check in with everybody than it would have been, I think. Um, So that's, that's been hard. um, And you know obviously, disappointing to not be able to get together at conference, you know, and see Megan's vision because she had some really great you know changes that I think would have been really awesome um, to see happen. And we're missing that. and that's that's sad. So that's that's challenging. And you know and and then just the challenge of being a human being and the the normal ebb and flow of kind of your emotions through this crazy. Time, you know, you have your periods where you're feeling kind of that major funk, you know, because it stinks. And then you, you get to reengage. And I think whenever we can focus on the future and where we can go, it certainly has helped with that. But yeah, I think that's been the biggest challenge, just a lot on top of, you know, my job.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you for, for sharing that. That that is is personal, and, and I I relate to the sort of it just stinks. I mean, I'm working out of a basement storage room to get out of my family's way, so I understand that all all too well. <laughs> Ma- Megan, how about you? I mean, what, what what's what's been most challenging for you as an IACC leader right now?
2: I am feeling um, nervous a little bit, and pressure but the pressure is coming from myself like no one's putting pressure on me i just feel the pressure to consider what what do we do from here or where do we go and i think you no know, obviously no one's been in a position like this so considering how we can still be relevant in in what we're doing and and timely and provide support and pd when in many ways there there might be like amy mentioned the schools n- you know, high schools were already having some issues with um, getting out of the building for professional development, but we've even heard now of of some schools reducing or eliminating professional development budgets. And I think I understand that that there will be budget cuts even still to come, but he has a place in all of this, in, in ensuring that the, the people that are working with these students are up to date on everything that they need and if we're if the the in person opportunities are canceled, how can we kind of support, um, or provide opportunities that give them that that kind of next step of education or just kind of the opportunities to kind of grow and advance? And so those are the things that are are weighing on me. Um, I also personally am just nervous about what the fall and the winter look like. Um everyone keeps saying like, oh, when the summer is, you know, past and when, you know, when this is over and, and, and all of these things, but I don't know if we go back to normal after all of this. And and in Illinois, we're, we're here, we're in our shelter in place to some extent until June 1st, but that doesn't mean it's over June 1st. And so how can we be nimble and flexible in what we're doing so that it, it, because we we want to provide a reason why people still want to be a member of ICAC. So, to me, those are the things that are they're weighing most heavily as I sit one month away from taking over a role that I never would have imagined that this would be how
0: it would start. Thank you, Megan. That that's helpful perspective, and I can certainly appreciate all of the anxieties that, that go along with that. <laughs> um, I, I all, all three of us. Um. Are, are thinking probably a lot about our, our, our core stakeholder. And um, Megan, you might be thinking about your core stakeholder as prospective students and their, their families or their, their uh, support unit. And Amy, you might be thinking about those high school students who are, and their parents who are starting the college search and so on and so forth. And, and many of those uh, stakeholders want, want certainty. They want answers. Uh, they want guidance. They want direction. What do you think um, your colleagues uh, in IACAC uh, want right now? And, and you know, could you think of maybe two or three things that you think that they're looking for that that IACAC might be able to provide? And uh, let me start with you, Amy.
1: I mean, it's interesting because there is a natural ebb and flow of the year for us in our institutions, but also with IACAC. So summer is, you know, usually like, well, in some ways it's downtime and in some ways it's, it's just such a shift because we people have more time for the PD that we are now not having. So I think, you know, the sense, I think right now, honestly, because we are trying to shift from being react- reactive to being proactive as much as we can. Um, most people are just trying to keep track of everything and not be overwhelmed by stuff. So a lot of drastic change isn't going to happen fast, one, because it's really hard to pull off when everyone has so many competing interests with their time and energy. Um, but I think one of the things that I have always valued about IACAC, I know Tony spoke about this in his speech too, is just that personal connection and, and knowing we're here for each other. And if my students or parents are struggling with something and I can reach out to my counterparts on the college side and get their feedback and advice and vice versa. My, my college friends can reach out to me and say, you know, do you think this would be well received by families? Cause everyone's having to shift, you know, how they're doing business. So I, I really think the value and what ISCC members need now is knowing we're here for each other. And that we are going to do whatever we can to support each other and, are, and ultimately, as we talked in the beginning, the students and parents, the families, as they make these transitions or start researching these transitions, um, we really are all in this together, not to like quote a high school music. <laughs> Um It's a good one, though. Uh, but we are. We really are in this together. So it is the value of membership. And, and I would argue, and I think Megan and I would, would totally agree on this, that even more than ever the value of membership is that's what this organization is about. We are here for each other. We support each other and We and ultimately our students through this entire process and membership definitely is
0: um, valued. I love it. Megan, think, anything to add?
2: Yeah, I just, I, that's so right. Because in, especially now working from home, like, yes, people are having zoom meetings or Google meets or whatever, and they can connect in that way. But like, to be able to go to a trusted friend in IACAC and just say like, Em, is this okay? Like, does this make sense? I need help with this thing. The the support that you're going to find is is huge and it helps you feel better. Like just being able to run an idea um, across, you know, a group of people or, or to be able to, to pose those questions and, and get feedback, I think is is great. And it's such a huge part of what we do. And, I'm hopeful that that we can can continue with whatever we decide to do can still provide that same level of support. So,
0: I love the whole idea that the value of membership uh, today is greater than ever uh, because of those connections and relationships. And I think about our own use of our school counselor advisory board as we began to trot out some of the things that we wanted to do at Augustana related to COVID-19 and how um, it, it critically important that was so so i love that and I, I hope that the the listeners of true admissions will will also believe that the the value of membership is is greater today than, than ever before I, i've got one concluding question that i want to ask both of you um, and and I, I think that this will probably get back to all of our roots um, I, i've been in, interviewed a, a number of times about how do you even approach uh, college admissions during covid 19 and i've uh, almost exclusively gone back to to say well th- this is when it's time to put our our true counseling hat on uh, and get back to our roots as admissions counselors and uh, exercise uh, empathy and listen and 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 wait to 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 guide people so i want to ask you the, the same thing uh in your role right now wh- what is the what is the most important thing that you can be doing as a school counselor amy and uh, as an admissions professional, uh, Megan. And and Megan, I'll I'll start with you and then we'll we'll give the last word uh, to Amy.
2: I think for me, the the best thing that I can do when it comes to seniors specifically is just be a good listener. Um, There's a lot of families that are dealing with a lot of really big issues right now. And and for them, just having someone that they know that they can go to who is going to listen and kind of help them the best that they can. That's that's really the best that I can do with seniors. Juniors, I think it's, it's a slightly different story. They, A lot of the juniors that I'm connecting with right now are feeling really anxious about the college process because they don't have the ability to go to a campus, sit in on a presentation, meet with an admission counselor, take a tour, doing all those kind of normal things. And I think on the, the flip side of, of the seniors that just trying to provide care to juniors in the best way that we can. Like, we're going to help you figure this out. We're here for you as a resource, Um, providing that support and and handholding, I guess. I don't mean that in a negative way, but literally just saying like, these people are here for you and to help walk you through some of these things. And even if the question isn't about PC, how can I provide you kind of the knowledge that you need or the information you need? So you feel like you have a better understanding of how
0: this whole thing is
2: going to work come the fall.
0: Excellent. So listen to the seniors and provide care to the juniors. Amy, how about you? What's the most important thing that you can be
1: doing? Yeah, I think probably the most important thing I know I'm trying really hard to do with both juniors and seniors. um, And I have, I actually have heard from a few underclassmen, which is interesting, but um, is, just tell them to keep breathing and it's going to be okay. You know, in the end, it's going, it's all going to work out the way it's going to work out. There there is no black hole in this process that like you go a certain direction and there is no return or there is no change. That's just not true. And so always keeping that in mind, I think can kind of like overall just relax us a little bit that it's going to be fine. And, you know, we have, we all have so many great stories of people who Started on one path and then made a big change and and it all worked out. It may not be as easy or as straightforward as we'd all like it to be. And at the same time, the people who've had those kinds of unusual things come up and alter their path and re- redirect them gained. Every single person you talked to who had those things happen gained so much from that experience. You know, they learned so many great lessons. So. I think the biggest thing is to just keep breathing and stay calm, um, to continue trying to show each other a little grace. (laughs) Um, Don't yell at the people in admissions if they don't give you more. (laughs) Please, they're doing the best they can. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and I, like my parent program tonight, at the end, I'm trying really, I'm giving them as much information as I can about, you know, what kind happen and how they can communicate with their schools and if if their financial situation is changing and how to reach out and ask for, you know, more help. And if you're thinking about deferring admissions and what that, what that means and how that could have some negative implications if you do, and then then there's online education and is that a good fit for your kid? There's a lot, you know, there's a lot going on there, right? So um, I'm providing all that information and I'm going through my presentation as I'm final editing it. I'm like, oh, I am like not making their anxiety levels lower. So at the end, I just keep saying, you need to remember that every single senior is going through this exact same problem. It is not just your senior. So that's number one. We're all, we're all doing this. And every single college is asking these same questions, you know, across the whole country. We're all in this together, truly. And you're not alone on some raft wondering what's going to happen it's it's going to be fine you know in the end it's really going to work out and so we just have to be patient and that's very hard to do when <laughs> when there's so much unknown but at some point we'll back, we'll get back to some form of normal and maybe we'll have a new normal and you know new
0: normals aren't all bad so who knows? It might be a better uh, new normal. I, 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 I do have to say, Amy, that, that at least for, for my professional development, um, your, your comment, don't yell at the admissions people. That's the best <laughs> professional development uh, that, that I've heard in a long time. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and on that, I, I'd like to thank both of you for for joining me. Uh, Amy uh, and and Megan, you guys were both great Great, great guests, and I really appreciate not only what you do for students, but also appreciate you uh, serving as volunteers. Uh, both of you are volunteers within IACAC, an incredibly important role. A great reminder of the role of professional development in our our work. So, I want to thank you for joining uh, me today. Thank
1: you. Thanks, Kent. This was great. Well, it was hey, really
0: fun. Best of luck uh, in the coming uh, days and weeks, <laughs> and and I appreciate you uh, being with me. So, have a great day. Thanks. Thanks, Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of True Admissions with me, your host, Kent Barnes. True Admissions is made possible by WVIK, Quad Cities, NPR, and Jared Johnson, who produces it. WVIK is located on the campus of Augustana College in Rock Island, Illinois, where I serve as Executive Vice President for External Relations.